This episode of 1801 Live was originally recorded during a 12-hour podcast-a-thon streamed live on August 28th from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. The Give Black Podcast-a-thon benefited U of SC's One Creed, One Carolina campaign, which supports initiatives that elevate and encourage black students, faculty, and staff. Together, our five hosts and over 20 guests helped raise more than $10,000 for the campaign over 12 hours. Find more information on the podcast-a-thon and the link to donate at www.garnetmedia.org slash giveblack. Okay, perfect. Both of our guests are here. And so we have Lyric and Kayla, who um, it's kind of cool because Lyric was the creator, founder of the Patchwork Feminist. And so she co-hosted the 24-hour podcast, Don, with me for the COVID Relief Fund, but now has graduated from the university and passed on her podcast to Kayla, who is a junior um, in the current host. And so we're going to get to see what they're talking about. Hello. Hello. How are you? And here's Kayla. <laughs> Hi, Kayla. Hey, Hannah. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Um, I was told, Lyric, I can sit back and relax now because you're on the podcast. So, you know, you co-hosted. So I'm ready for you to take over. But um, I know both it's cool to have you and Kayla on because you both now have a relationship with um, the podcast that you started, Lyric. And so, so excited to see all that you do, Kayla, with the Patchwork Feminist. But first to talk about your background. So we can start with Kayla and then go to Lyric about um, just an introduction of yourself and who you are. Okay, um, so I'm Kayla. Um, I'm a sophomore here at USC, a poli-sci major with an affine minor. Um, I'm right from Charleston, South Carolina, so like literally down the street. Um, and yeah, so aside from the podcast, I'm also involved with student government. I'm also the treasurer of USC's pre-law chapter of MBA um, LSA, which is National Black Law Student Association. And um, yeah, that's pretty much my little introduction. Perfect. Lyric. Hey everybody, uh, my name is Lyric Swinton. I am a 2020 graduate of the University of South Carolina. Um, while I was at USC, I got involved in a little few things. Um, I, <laughs> I um, was a Forbes Under 30 scholar. Um, I was the only undergraduate speaker to speak at the inaugural TEDx U of SC. Um, I did three years in student government. Um, that's where I met Hannah, um, who is one of my best friends and it was my freshman council mentee. Um, most recently, I was on the Congressional Advisory Board um, for student government, um, got involved in student activism, um, and in my senior year, I also started a podcast, uh, which was the Patchwork Feminist. And um, to cap off my senior year, uh, Hannah and I co-hosted a podcast-a-thon for COVID-19 relief. Um, and I didn't, I'm so happy to be here. I'm really proud of you, Hannah. You've raised like four times what we raised originally. So uh, you, you've, you've surpassed me. Um, and I'm proud of you, Kayla, for taking on um, the Patchwork Feminist legacy um, and making it even bigger and better. And I'm proud of you, Tanea, for making AAAS um, so great. And so I'm just really happy to be here. 
would love to see it. Well, okay, I just want to talk a little bit about um, both of you guys have cool experiences, lyrics. Um, I mean, we're just going to be honest. Like, you have experience to where you love the university so much, but you are known to be the first person to call the university out if you believe that it can be, it can be better. And so through experiences, uh, I know that we've all had the opportunity to be along uh, the ride to see what is next or what you are planning next. Um, and then as well as Kayla, you touched a little bit on your experience with student government. And so I would like to know a little bit more about how you decided to um, get involved with elections last year and take on that position and now become elections commissioner. But we'll first start with Lyric and your experiences. So um, how is it having this, I feel like it's, I mean, lack of better terms, love-hate relationship to where you love the university so much you cannot bear for the university and everyone within it to settle. And so how is that? Um, I think that it's, it's hard. Um, I'm a first, I, well, I'm a first generation graduate. I haven't said that yet since I graduated, uh, but I'm a first generation graduate. Um, and so I wouldn't have been able to go to college if it wasn't for the Gamecock Guarantee Program, which I donated to earlier. Um, but that, that program made college possible. Um, and, and it was, it wouldn't have been possible without um, the Opportunity Scholars Program and Gamecock Guarantee. And these are very unique programs that only the University of South Carolina offers. And so I think about the fact that I was able to study abroad because of this university. I was able to go to Forbes because of this university. I met my best friends here. All of my bosses are Gamecock alums and they're Black women at that. And so like, everything that I do now, even post-grad and everything I did in that moment, it was due to the university, but at the same time, I refused to just be tokenized. Like I refuse for my black story at the university to be the exception. It should be the norm. All black students at this camp on this campus should have the opportunity to succeed and have and be successful um, and really just be able to tap into all the great resources that I was able to tap Think about it like that. You don't want your your story to just be um, an exception. It makes it a lot easier um, to fight back because I think about like me and Hannah, we've talked about this numerous times. I wanted to make sure that by the time you, you wanted to step up in campus leadership, you don't have to fight a lot of battles that I had to um, during my sophomore and junior year. Um, and so um, I hope that, you know, something but it and it's really cool when you start building relationships throughout the university there's some great people who work here um and there's a lot of it's a lot more help than you know than people may think and so uh i i can't say enough great things about the experience there were some times i mean but a lot of the times that all of the backlash you're getting those are the people that don't interact with the university every day um they don't interact like you know the board and stuff people who i was typically fighting um, back against um but a lot of the times the people on the ground every day they genuinely love the university they genuinely love the students um and i i think about my relationship with the university as my relationship with a good friend um I'm going to call you out if you're messing up. Um, and it doesn't mean that I hate you. It's all out of love. And I have no problem um, doing that when necessary. And there's been plenty of times people from this university have called me out when I was messing up. Um, and so as long as you lead from love, you really can't go wrong. That's amazing. And then Kayla, if you can talk a little bit about your student government experience and why. Um, and I know I've talked to many people about this, but when you 
came into your position last year, it was just like a, wait, wait, what happened? What's going on? Because we do not see, one, as we all know, a lot of uh, Black students involved in student government, but then two, Black students involved in elections commission. And so um, this uh, let us know a little bit about what made you decide to go after that and then now become elections commissioner who is over the elections commission process for student government. Um, yeah, so last year, my freshman year, like I knew I wanted to get involved in student government. I just didn't know how to. Uh, so I think it was late January, early February. Um, I saw like a flyer going around saying, hey, apply for student government. So I applied. Um, I got an email back saying, hey, um, we would like to interview you. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, at the time, I didn't know what the Elections Commission was. I did a little research about it just to see like what it was. So I would um, go on an interview, like kind of having some idea what it was. Um, and so I went into an interview. They was like, hey, we find you favorable. And then I actually got into the position as deputy elections commissioner. And I was like, what did I just get myself into? Because um, when I got into my position, it was like during election season. So we didn't really have a lot of time to, you know, just kick back and relax, relax. It was like go time. So um, yeah, it was definitely something um, a little challenging at first, but um, what really kept me in the position and kept me motivated is just being behind like the elections process and seeing like what's going on because so often um, when people run for student government elections, they only see like the candidate side, they don't see like the side that's happening like um, behind the candidates. So that, I thought that was pretty interesting. And then like you said, there aren't a lot of black students in student government. And I definitely wanted to be like um, a representation and like of any other black students who want to join student government. You don't have to already be in student government to join student government. You literally can apply um, the student government and you can get in. So I definitely like kept that in mind with um, my position. And then this year, um, I wasn't sure if I wanted to be elections commissioner, but after a little talk and um, what people I noticed like, hey, I think you'd be great. So I decided to apply for elections commissioner. I got it. And one of my main goals is just elections commission outreach. So reaching out to different groups of campus, different orgs on campus, letting them know um, that we are here, um, letting them know that my elections commission is open to any and everyone, not who are already in student government, but it's open to anyone who um, wants to join student government. Um, also, I want to let uh, people know that um, you can't run for a student government election. You don't have to be, like I said, in student government to run for a student government election. Let anyone know that, hey, as long as you have an idea and a passion for these university, you can run for student government. So, um, and along with that, just that representation, because like you said, there aren't a lot of people that look like us in student government. And I hope with like my elections commission that they can see a diverse group of people um, running the election season. And Kayla, just to comment on um, what you were just talking about, I think so far, like you're doing a great job um, bridging that gap between AAAS, Black USC, um, other students of color and student government. I can honestly say in the past three years that I've been working with AAAS exec, um, student government has never, ever reached out to us to partner for a meeting, do anything like that. And um, shameless plug, um, Kayla and Lyric um, will be at one of our AAAS meetings this semester. Um, so we have some stuff in the works for you guys. Hint, hint, you might want to RSVP to the October 6th meeting um, to learn some stuff about elections. But I just want to commend you for the work that you're already doing. Like it's August and we've already set up a meeting that we're going to um, kick off and hopefully encourage some other students to maybe get involved with student government or do some stuff that they have never heard of um, before because they've just never seen it. So I just want to thank you for that. 
That's amazing. Sorry, the whole point of it's going in full circle where we, we lack representation, we weren't connected to these organizations like AAAS, like uh, Bond, like Savvy. We incorporate diversity and representation of minority groups, and now the connections are being made. Like, it's just following, following guidelines. Like, one plus one equals two. We just have to make sure that we all do our parts in order to follow it up. But now, talking a little bit about the podcast. So, Mary, just hearing your thoughts on um, why you started your podcast, how you felt throughout it, and then your decision to um, give it or pass it down to Kayla to continue. Yeah, so the podcast actually was started from a lens of failure. So I I was coming off my junior year. Um, I had lost my bid for student body president. I was frustrated because of like everything that happened with the first protest. We were about to get, get started. So the second protest had just happened. The vote had gone, obviously, the way that... Um, I didn't want it intended. And I was actually burnt out. Like I was really burnt out. I've been working at the university all summer and I felt like I was giving so much of myself and doing so many things for the greater good, but I hadn't done anything in the past two years at that point that were strictly for my own personal enjoyment. Um, and so I realized like coming off of all those experiences, I completely changed as a person and I had learned so much. I'd had so many experiences. I, I met so many people and I just had so much to get out. And like, originally it was going to start as a blog, but I like writing like that. Um, and I'm trying to get back to learning, like, like writing like that. I've written, written a few think pieces, but I just would much rather talk. I was voted most talkative. Um, that was my senior superlative in high school. And so I remember I was interning in the student life department over the summer and I had to like interface with Garnet Media Group, shout out to y'all, um, for something. And then I was on their website looking for contact and I, they said they had a podcast program. And I was like, so like y'all give me all the equipment and stuff and you just let me go in there and talk. And then, so um, I remember I hit Sydney up and she was like, yeah, just give me our idea. And then I gave her the idea. She said, well, nobody's ever had an idea like that before. Um, and it kind of came to me and I, I chose the name of Patchwork Feminist is because um, women's issues were something that was really on my mind. Um, I had noticed a lack of representation across the board around um, women everywhere I went um, because I was, I'm a, I was a sport entertainment management major. So there definitely wasn't any women around me in sports. Um, it wasn't a lot of women in leadership or, um, anywhere. So, and then I figured patchwork because there's so many identities that feed into my identity as a woman, being black, being a first generation college student, um, just coming from a non-traditional background compared to some of my my peers. And I just had so many different layers to myself and I realized every woman does, Um, we all do. And so the podcast kind of came about, um, I went into the studio the day before school started, Um, Brennan Lewis, uh, shout out to him. He was the podcast coordinator. And that was really how it went. it was the first thing I think I did for a really long time that I did strictly for my enjoyment um, because I was so burnt out. Everything I was doing was for other people. And like, I'm glad that the podcast started to help people. And I was like, okay, maybe I have a platform with this to really touch lives. But really, I just wanted to vent. 
uh, I just had a whole bunch of things on my mind um, and I just really want to talk about them and that we were talking about race and mental health and we were talking about um, just any everything under sun like topics that I talk to my friends about every day and being able to have black voices white voices like um, gay voices straight voices all these different people at this table that I realized that I get to talk to you every day but a lot of times people your friend group is limited to people who are just like you and like I had such a unique, um, especially junior year, especially um, to really widen the diversity of my friend group and the people that I knew. And so I just wanted to take that opportunity to kind of showcase some of those voices to the world who typically didn't get heard. And so um, I thought about keeping the show after I graduated, but I was like, nobody get like black women on this campus typically don't get that time to really just talk to really say what's on their mind and so like I really wanted to create a legacy out of it and so we had an application process and then I put a team together to review applications um, for who was going to be the next patchwork feminist it was really a lot more dramatic than it should have been um, and then um, Kayla's application absolutely blew me away um, she just had such a really keen eye uh, one about the issues that I cared about but two about the issues that I knew other students would care about um, and then she not afraid to say what she thinks um which is i think the one of the number one things i was looking for because you can't take control of that podcast and be timid like if you're gonna say it say it all um and being willing to buck the system um for the sake of creating positive change so that's the patchwork feminist in a nutshell from where how i created it love it and then now kayla if you can share a little bit about why you decided to apply and take this on and what do you see um the patchwork feminist looking like as you are in control of the podcast and hosting it uh so i actually had like, interacted with the podcast like when lyric had it so like i follow her on instagram so anytime she would do polls about the podcast i you know i would always respond and whatnot and i've like listened to a couple of episodes and i was like okay i like this i like to talk i got a lot to say right and then i saw she was doing application i was like Oh, okay. So like I applied and crazy thing is when I applied, my computer was not cooperating me. I can upload the doc that I needed for the application. Everything that went wrong went wrong, but I was like, I'm gonna get this application turned in. And I turned it in. I was like, you know, there's probably like a hundred other people applying for this. You know, there's no way she's gonna see my application. And then like a few days later, she texted me. She's like, hey, are you available to meet on Zoom tonight? I was like, you know, she would tell me I didn't get it. You know, you can just send a text and whatnot. <laughs> but um, she told me, it's like, hey, I think you'd be a great host for the Patchwork Feminist. And I was like, me? But um, I'm like forever grateful that she, Lyric has given me this opportunity because and so full circle to me because podcasting is something like I've always wanted to do. I just didn't know how to go about it. And just having this opportunity to have a podcast and have a platform like the um, Patchwork Feminist is something that's like beyond me, like beyond my wildest dreams. And now that I have it, I just want to continue talking about those important topics that um, I care about, and, like other students um, care about too. And also having like a safe space for not only just black students, but any students in general can come to the podcast and they feel like they can get something out of it. And um, I just want to continue to build the podcast, build the podcast brand, like host an event or like a fundraiser similar to this, um, giving back to those causes that I truly care about. Um, the opportunities in the, it's endless. So just stay tuned at this point because you never know what might come from the Patchwork Feminist within these next three years. I'm so excited. Y'all hear that? We about to go to Patchwork Feminist events. You know? 
I'll be there. Period. <laughs> Don't meet me there. Beat me there. Okay. But now, oh, you can go. Oh, no, I'm good. I said just love to hear it. Okay. We love to hear it. I was just going to touch on um, how you all are doing now. I know I've asked multiple guests, but how you're doing during these times, I know you're probably going to talk about it and advocate um, your opinions and what you believe on the podcast. And I know, Lyric, that that's just your brand is your opinions and what you stand on even through Twitter. But how do you all feel um, right now with everything going on and how are you coping? Um, it's, it's, it's not great out here. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, if I had to be a student during this time, I think I would tear my hair out. And I have a lot to tear out. Um, it's just so much going on. Like, especially like you're fighting like three different pandemics at once like it's a racial pandemic and then honestly there's a gender pandemic on top of that and then there's like a public health pandemic um and then i think try um that freeze okay um trying to enter the workforce in the middle of the pandemic was crazy um and I know going back to school in the midst of everything that's been going on has been absolutely insane. Um, it's really hard. Uh, it's just really hard. And like, I work in politics now, which makes, uh, which is like 30 times harder uh, just because there's always something to go. You know, what? it's a new adventure every day. And if you want to look on the bright side of it, it's a new adventure every day. But truly I'm finding I'm falling in love with the small things. Um, I love local elections um, because you're so far away from the presidential, what's going on, what he done did now, mumbo jumbo. And like on local election is less about like partisan politics and it's more so about the people. And I've learned like, like I've having I've gained a greater appreciation for community activism, city and state government, a lot of the small things that we don't think makes a big deal, but it honestly has more of an impact on us than um, anything else. So in the midst of it all, I'm trying to, I'm learning a lot, um, but I'm learning to appreciate those small thing and small things. And on top of that, I become more and more thankful for my college experience. Um, and going to USC was the best thing that ever happened to me. It's so crazy about how so many of the small things that we, so many of the things I did back in college feeds into my job now. Or like, if I say, hey, Hannah, I'm working on civic engagement initiatives. How can we get USC involved in that way? Um, and be able to work on things like that. Um, or I'm able to work with Gamecocks all the time. Gamecocks are in the state house. They're everywhere. So you can never go so far on to be disconnected from this place because there's always going to be a connection, especially Black Gamecocks. We're always going to be connected. There, People are always willing to help out. I love that. I wanted to speak more about, because I see your passion about local elections, but if you can share with everyone why, um, why it's important uh, to not only because I feel like everyone and for the longest I I was ignorant to the fact and I always would say this phrase which I know now it's like no one should ever say that phrase but I hate politics and politics are just not for me when everyone needs to be knowledgeable about what's going on whether you are the candidate whether you're involved in campaigning or you're just a citizen doing your um, due diligence and being civically engaged and so um, can you talk a little bit about the importance of that yeah, um, 
I think one thing I've learned is that you shouldn't love politics. You should love people. Um, and cause I, I hate it so many times. Like I want to like tear my hair out. Um, I had a call today with like some of my best friends who are Gamecock alums in politics. And we were talking about how this is just all a mess all the time, especially when you go all the way up to national, but local elections are so important because they are the people who, you know, set ordinance and thing in nature is really important. Um, local governments are the ones who are trying to keep people safe. Um, and so they're really the ones who are trying to do all those things. Um, you have like the keeping, setting a lot of those laws. If the state government or if the federal government won't step in, a lot of times local governments are. They're doing the work um, for public safety, um, public health, um, and things of that nature. And so a lot of times people feel helpless because of what's happening in the world. But a lot of times you can make just as much change in your city hall. Uh, so it's really important for people to know that and understand that um, and realize you can get involved. Um, a lot of times these city councils, these county councils, they want to hear from you. I'm not going to sit here and lie like I never think about politics. Two year, A year ago, I didn't know county council was a thing. Um, apparently it is. And they have they have all the coins so it's really important to vote and be involved in your local elections um because that's where real change gets made um and those are the people you can actually call no matter what who gets elected you can't call joe biden on the phone he's not going to answer he's not going to answer but you can call your councilman then you can call these people and you can have those real conversations and those important conversations and you don't get that type of FaceTime um, as people get further up the scale and so people won't be able to hear your stories and understand your pain and struggle um, on that higher level sometimes just because they just don't have the time and they have too many constituents so those opportunities are really important um, to really interact. Definitely and then the last question I know we have three minutes left for both of you guys but um, we're all here for the One Create, One Carolina campaign. I know, Derek, you talked about Gamecock uh, Guarantee and Kayla, and I know uh, we are all here just combined. We've all, whether we know it or not, have uh, benefited from the programs that have been in place, um, whether it is uh, the OMSA, the Austin Multicultural Student Affairs, and AAA, yes, and all the fun events we like to go, all the way to how individuals even had the opportunity to come to university. So if both of y'all, you'll have one minute each, if y'all can tell uh, why it is important um, that we uplift these programs. Um, I'll start. Um, is, I can't, it's kind of, it should be like a given, like why it should be important. But um, like you said, these, uh, we benefit from these programs in different ways, whether we know it or not, it or not whether, like you said, it's AAAS or the Office of Student Multicultural Affairs. It's so important to keep these diverse programs afloat so that way we can attract more, um, a more diverse group of students, but also give back to the students and the um, alumni that have poured so much into our university as well, too. Sorry. Um, I think that is so important um, to give to causes such as these because honestly it just didn't exist and it, it's sad that like this is so new and it's so great but it really did not exist um and i would not be where i would i am if it wasn't for omsa if it wasn't for you know leaders in the college of hospitality retail and sport management if it wasn't for gamecock guarantee shout out to out the accounts for being just everybody's mom uh it 
it's so important. And even listening to Dr. Treadwell speak earlier um, today, Black students couldn't even, could barely get a foot in the university, let alone get a dollar. Um, and so it's so important. And I think that all four of us on here are proof that when you invest in Black students and programs that, in, um, programs and organizations and not just money, but time, mentorship, when you invest in Black students, they always deliver. Um, we always come through. Um, and so I think that is so important um, that by showing, by our giving into programs like these, showing the universities that people are behind this. And so not only should you be, this shouldn't just be philanthropy, this needs to be reflected in your budget as well, that black students need to be supported top to bottom um, in your budget um, and your philanthropy. It should be a priority for development and it should be a priority for the board of trustees and state government as well. Um, and so I think when you do things like this, it sends a message that black students are here and that there are programs that are already in place that can black students can thrive um, and that um, we are not statistics and that we're not meant to fall behind if you show us what you're about we'll show you what we're about and what we are about is success i don't think there's anything else to say so you guys need any more reasons like this is why like this is why thank y'all so much for coming on talking chatting with us and just letting everyone know a little bit about your stories why this means so much and all that you're doing in order to make the university a better place so thank you guys thank you thank you so much for having me of course I'm so proud course. of y'all thank you can't wait to thank see you at our meeting all right here y'all right period don't meet me there beat me there open your purses people Bye. Bye, guys.